Okay, everybody, welcome back to the defensive breakdown of the Chiefs' initial 90-man roster. I am your host, not Chandler Collins. Uh, I am Johnny Rowe, but I am joined by Chandler Collins. And as always, I'm joined by Blaine Wheeler, uh, playing the role of host tonight while Chandler and Blaine get to relax. Um, For the listener that just heard, we just broke down the offense and the special teams, what we expect as we um, are one week into training camp for the Kansas City Chiefs. And now, guys, we're going to focus on the defense. And really, what we love about the defense and what everybody loves about defense is violence and physicality. And the pads go on on Friday for the Kansas City Chiefs. And so as we did on the first one, guys, I want to break down what we think about this defensive roster um, and what we expect from them going into a really uh, exciting season for the Kansas City Chiefs. But, but before we do that, let's just check back in with the guys real quick. Blaine, just went through the offense, had a little discussion on the wide receiver room. How are we feeling right now? Yeah, there's some question here, and I think we'll get into a little bit of debate. Obviously, we went into debate on the wide receiver room and a few a few places, but defensive line, cornerback, I think there's a lot of things. Obviously, linebacker is awesome. <laughs> I cannot wait to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs Completely linebacker agree. room. But, um, yeah, no, that this is great, man. I, I can't wait to talk about the depth of D-line and Chris Jones and everything that involves and even get into some late-round corners as we're so good at, so. Well said. You can't think of this defense right now without immediately thinking of Chris Jones and the giant question marks surrounding that situation. Chandler, you've obviously been somebody who um, (laughs) has made it very clear that you want Chris Jones on this roster and you wanted it to happen yesterday uh, to an extension. Don't care how much it is. Give him a blank check. It's Chris fucking Jones. Um, but other than that, man, how are you feeling? What's what what's your blood pressure at right now, Chan? I'm feeling good, Johnny. I love defense. Um, I still think that uh, you know, the Chiefs have figured out a weird way for it to not be the reason you win or lose football games because of how great Patrick Mahomes is, but it's still so important and they've made huge plays to give Patrick Mahomes chances. And a lot of that starts with a guy named Chris Jones. And Johnny, my blood pressure. Has relaxed a little bit, but man, I I have been worried about it all off season, and it's kind of come to fruition. I mean, at the end of the day, it's weird. I he's not he's not at camp. Um, I do think conspiracy theorists a little bit, and maybe it's just my brain trying to get me to feel a little bit better. That I just don't know if he wants to practice right now. I think yeah. I put a little stock into that. It's July. Yeah. 27th as we record this first game not till september 7th chris jones a lot of wear and tear on the body super bowl kind of living probably and um maybe a little bit just a little lazy uh and you know what you're a two-time super bowl champion fucking do it and you deserve money and you won us the game against cincinnati so i need chris jones like i need air to breathe johnny same here, man. Like I, I'm trying to rack my brain with all the different hypotheticals and scenarios. Uh, we talked about it a little bit this morning, the three of us in the group text, but um, I truly believe, and this is a good topic right now because guys, we're, we're going to get right into the defensive line. Um, we'll start there on the defense, but I not lying. I'm not bullshitting here. I firmly believe that the chiefs are going to get a deal done with Chris Jones. That's great because he'll be on the Chiefs for years to come. What is a bit frustrating about that now that I've had a lot of time to digest this, and I'm usually the person who's 
you know, bending over backwards to defend the Kansas City Chiefs from an organizational standpoint, their decision-making. I think the Chiefs have maybe backed themselves a little bit into a corner with Chris Jones as time has gone on. If they were going to trade Chris Jones, let's say they trade him now. They were going to trade Chris Jones. They should have traded him before this most recent draft. They would have gotten the most draft capital out of him. They didn't do that. Now he's asking for Aaron Donald money, $30 million a year. They don't want to do that. But if they trade him, other teams know they don't want to do that. So they're going to get less draft capital, right? So the Chiefs are in this weird situation. And like I said earlier, I believe they're going to get a deal done. It just kind of feels like, you know, Chris Jones is an amazing player, but they're going to have to now pay more than they wanted to originally. Um, but for somebody like Chris Jones, guys, I, I really think that um, they need to do that. And so if you guys have more thoughts on Chris, please go ahead now. If, if not, I can kind of get to the rest of the D-line. Okay, so let's just go through the names that we have here. Um, and unlike the offense, I mean, I feel like I knew most everybody. There were some weird ones on there. I am struggling with this defensive line. I don't know. I don't really know who a lot of these guys are. Uh, George Karloftis was awesome. Had had a really good finish to the season. There's some exciting metrics out there on on George Karloftis. Um, but with the Chris Jones news, you know, like if Chris Jones isn't out there, it's hard for me to believe that George has the level of success that he had last year because there's so much attention that goes to a guy like Chris. It's why I have a note here. I said, bring up the Chris Jones discussion. Without Chris, this entire unit doesn't work. It's true. If Chris Jones isn't there, guys, it doesn't work. Going to bring in – I don't even know if he's out there, but going to bring in someone like Indomitian Sue doesn't fix the Chiefs' defensive line. You know, like bringing in some veteran three technique off of the street doesn't fix this. That's why I think the Chiefs are kind of backed into a situation where they're going to have to pay whatever Jones wants because they need this guy. And if they if they just let him play this one season on a $28 million hit and then he walks in free agency, that makes the Chiefs look really bad. Um, so we'll move through the rest of the defensive line. Mike Dana, who the fuck is that? Uh, Felix Anadike Uzama could be really exciting for the, for the Chiefs. I think it's a good idea kind of we, – we didn't do this with George last year. I think it's a good idea with somebody like Felix, who is a child – He's 20 or 21 years old, and he sounds like he's a junior in high school, okay? Like, let's just – I'm not really going to have expectations for Felix. I think he's going to give this team some juice in on sure passing downs. But I'm not going to do what we did with George last year where it's like, man, this guy needs to have eight sacks or seven sacks. I, I think that it, it would be better for our blood pressure to not be expecting much from Felix – and then anything he gives us uh, will be awesome. And I, and I think, you know, for, for, for just the sake of argument, I think he's going to give the Chiefs some, some really good reps this year. Uh, rounding out the rest of this room, Charles, uh, Charles Romanehu comes in from San Francisco, paid him, paid him a good amount of money, should be a really interesting player to watch as he is expected to line up all over this defensive line. B.J. Thompson was a day three pick by the Chiefs out of Stephen F. Austin smaller, more slender defensive lineman, probably a guy that's developmental needs to really get into the weight room and in the kitchen. Um, that one arrowhead drive, Daniel wise, 
no fucking clue who that is. No idea who Daniel Wise is. Honestly, guys, I don't. And some people are like, oh, yeah, Daniel Wise, Daniel Wise. I don't know who that is. I don't really want to know who Daniel Wise Johnny, is. Johnny, he's in Kansas. He went to Kansas. Right. Back in when when it was just bleak, <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> not not even his teammates knew who he was, Blaine. <laughs> he's a, nobody knows who this guy is, all right? Yeah. Josh Kando was a... I think he was, was he a th- yeah. fourth uh. or fifth round pick? Who the hell is Josh Kando? Malik Herring? Ew. Yeah. Who the hell is Malik Herring? And then Truman Jones, which I just put Truman Jones? Sounds Question like a mark? mascot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's Truman Jones. That's the Kirksville Tigers mascot. Truman Jones. So, anyways, guys. So, uh, I think there are a lot of names here. There are things to be excited about. All of it is secondary because Chris Jones is the primary thing right now. Get him back on the roster because without Chris, none of this matters, Blake. Yeah, my first thoughts are, Derek Nadi, you got to be better this year. I know Colin Saunders, you guys heard me talk about Colin Saunders for two years. Uh, RIP, I'm going to miss you. But Nadi, you have to be good in the inside. And Keonje Coburn, I have a lot of high praise i guess you could say second team all big 12 last year one of the best players out of texas out of high school didn't really see a whole lot out of him but as a rookie keandre i mean i'm talking from top to bottom rookie outside of rasheed rice keandre you have to be good because yes our linebacking core is really really good and we'll get to that but we have to have some guys in the middle that can stop the run and plug it up and right now outside of chris jones i'm not too confident in that with Naughty Coburn, I, I know Danny Shelton's 350, but I didn't see enough out of you. I'm worried about our interior defensive line outside of Chris Jones. And we'll get to, obviously, Mike Dana has to have a big year. There's a lot of buzz in him training camp. A what? lot of people are, yeah. <laughs> but, guys, we're going to have to stop saying it because he's a big part of this defense, defensive line. Like He's, he's a starter. He's, be. He he's a starter. And – Yes, I know Felix was one of the top players in the Big 12, defensive player of the year in the Big 12, but there's a lot of question mark at the defensive line, and some of these young guys got to step up, plain and simple. I didn't even feel necessary to go through the rest of the, the interior. I didn't even bring up the interior because it without Chris, it's irrelevant. Derek Nottie is one of the worst football players yeah. in the league. And we're he relying is- on him. And two straight years, we've brought him back on one-year deals. He was a second-round pick. I mean, that was back when Beach didn't really know how to draft him. So, like, this guy is – I mean, the note here says, defensive tackle, Chris Jones, Derek Nottie, parentheses, fuck you. Like, he's he's terrible. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, Keandre Coburn, yes, we, we, we need some from him. But right, sixth-rounder, right? Like – Shot if, in the dark. If Chris Jones is traded or unhappy, and stop! Don't say it. No, Chiefs, don't say it. Your starting three technique is Keandre Coburn. I mean, I might as well j- just get in my car and drive to the Liberty Memorial right now and prepare to jump. I'm not doing this shit. Like, I it, it, it when you break it down, Matt Dickerson. Who is Matt Dickerson? That sounds like someone who didn't make the cut the last weekend at the golf tournament. Like I did. The, <laughs> Chris Williams, Chris Williams sounds like there's a bunch of guys that sound like they would have been Pikes with you guys. <laughs> Phil Hoskins, who is Phil Hoskins? 
I don't know who Phil Hoskins is. Are you fucking kidding? Sounds me? like a salesman it's, on QVC. It does. <laughs> yes, Phil Phil Hoskins come buy our steak knives. Like I'm not doing this shit. It is Chris Jones or none of this fucking matters. If Chris Jones is out there, Carloptis and Dana don't fucking matter. If Chris yeah. Jones is out there and he, and Charles O'Menahue and Carloptis and Dana are all like you know, when they go to the Royals games and they have the three ball caps and there's one ball underneath and they're all changing positions. That's what every, this whole defensive line's going to be. Without Chris Jones, I think Joe Cullen is an amazing defensive line coach. I talked about it all last year. Without Chris, they, they're not going to be good. In fact, they're going to be bad without Chris Jones. And so the Chiefs just have to do this. No, you're 100% right, Johnny. I mean, I don't think there's anything left to say. I think it's 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 pretty self-explanatory. When I really get into the weeds, like when when I break it down with you guys, it is incredibly frustrating that I know they want to do good business. The Chiefs want to do good business, and I and I appreciate that. But like you are just not going to sell me on trading Chris Jones. No, you're just not going to do it. The, mm-hmm. the, what Chris Jones did, and he was amazing all of last year, but what Chris Jones did in the AFC championship game against the Cincinnati Bengals is something, and I know it's like it's later at night now and I might be getting tired, but just processing it right now almost makes me like want to choke up because Chris Jones's effort in the AFC championship game is something that I will remember for my entire life. And I know yeah. I'm not the one fronting the bill. I know. I know I'm not I'm not Clark Hunt. I'm not the one who has to give him, you know, tens of millions of dollars as a signing bonus. And I'm not the one Brett Veach who has to actually orchestrate this roster and make sure it's under the cap. I get all of that. What Chris Jones did for the, this organization, his whole career, but what he did for the this team in the AFC Championship game to me is worth a dotted line that he can sign on yesterday, Blaine. And it's 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 frustrating me that it is taking this long. Yeah, no, it is. But I mean, moral of the story here with the defensive line that I have to talk about is Mike Dana, who we're going to have to start sa- stop saying that because he's an integral part. And Omana Hugh, we don't know what he's going to look like, but we have to have him. BJ Thompson, we haven't said much about him. Needs to be good. And Felix, I mean, they're just a lot of question mark that we'll know by week three how good this defensive line section slash unit is going to be. I mean, there's just question mark. Chris Jones, we know you. But everyone else, Carl Loftus, been working with Tom Bahali a lot this offseason. There's a massive, massive hole to fill by you, George, and we need you. We have to have George to have a five-plus sack year and be really good. Um, I mean, as simple as it is, we'll just see. I don't I don't think we can sit here and be, oh, this guy's going to be good. This guy's got to do this. This guy. We don't know, guys. None of us do. And I'm not going to act like I do, but we're just going to have to wait. Week one against the Lions get some pressure and let's see some things out of some of these guys. And from there on, we'll start talking about it, but it's a massive, massive question mark. And the biggest question mark, I think on this Kansas city chiefs roster. If Mike Dana, is that how you say it? Dana or Dana? I honestly have no idea. If he has a sack in the first half against the lions, if he has a sack in week one, I'll stop saying the who thing, but I won't stop doing it for Josh Kando or Malik Herring. I don't know who who they are. Phil Hoskins, who the hell is that? 
<laughs> Bill Hoskins. That sounds like someone's dad. Yeah. That sounds like somebody's dad. Oh, yeah. Hey, Mr. Hoskins, you call me Phil. Like, that's who that sounds like. <laughs> so, I think we spent a lot of time there on the defensive line, guys. Do you have anything else? And, and there's so many names here and so much of a question mark. I don't really need to go through a breakdown. I just – I think that it starts at the top with Chris Jones. Get him back on the roster. I mean, he is on the roster. But get, extend this fucking guy so we can get over this bullshit and just move forward. Let's get to some way, some part of this team that is way more exciting and it's a ray of sunshine, and I cannot wait to watch, and that's the linebacker room. I cannot wait to watch this group um, – there are there. It's a deep room. It's a an athletic room, and Very. it seems like a smart room. It right. is a highly intelligent room, and that starts with Nick Bolton. Uh, I say this like every single podcast, but he just recently put out a media availability too. They they talk the media talked to him at training camp, guys, and I sometimes think I talk fast. That's not even comparable to Nick Bolton. His processing is so insane. His level of intelligence is so impressive. And he's 23. I forgot he's how young he was coming out of the draft. He's 23 years old. And so super excited for him. Really excited for Willie Gay, um, even though he is in a contract year. And I've said this, he might – we'll see how it goes with Willie Gay. I don't know if he's at the top of the Chiefs priority list for – uh, a new an, an extension, Leo Chanel borderline getting his jersey too. We talked about that. Drew Tranquil want you guys to talk about him. Blaine has talked about him a lot. Highly intelligent player, Notre Dame, I believe. Right, guys, like he's just a, a, a great mind to bring into a room like that. NFL veteran, hungry because he's on a one year deal. Only positive. Uh, influences uh, I think he's going to have on that room. And then you round it out with some other names, Jack Cochran, Cole Christensen. Okay. Cam Jones. I don't know. I, I, Isaiah Moore, no idea who that is either. But anyways, there might be a chance one of these guys sneaks on the roster. Um, Darius Harris for three, four years when he was on the Chiefs found ways to kind of sneak on uh, a game here and a game there or, make the roster and just be a, a healthy scratch. So um, some, some snaps for Jack Cochran, Cole Christensen, these guys to really be going after here in the preseason. Um, you know, you got just guys go ahead. You know, how many do you think are going to make the roster? Is there going to be a fifth that makes the roster Chandler? I mean, what, what do you think here? There's certainly a lot to be excited about here. Yeah. I mean, I think linebacker is, is synonymous with special teams as well. So those reps are going to be big for in terms of who's going to make the team and who isn't um, looking at the, the Google doc, if you will, I would probably have drew tranquil in the third spot already um, yeah. just based off the, the order that we have him in. No, no shade to Leo at all. I thought he had great spurts last year, but I think you bring in a savvy better like drew tranquil. You're going to be rolling him out day one. Right. You know, this room is so solid, but like I hate to keep bringing up the D line, but your your linebackers are only as good as your interior D linemen, and yeah. Nick Bolden and Willie Gay can make up for a lot of that, but they're just not going to be able to make up for all of it. And Nick Bolden, for as good as we think he is and is, 
it's tough from his position. It really yeah. is. He's got to have a lot of things go right. And there's some good offensive linemen in this league and some really good ones in our division and some really good ones in the AFC. So it's an uphill battle from this perspective of training camp for this linebacker crew. Now, Chris Jones comes back, huge, much bigger story. But the talent is abundant in this room. Blaine, I'll let you go on Drew Tranquil. I mean, what do you think? I mean, it's the best outside of quarterback, obviously, with Patrick Mahomes. It's the best group in the Kansas City Chiefs 2023 roster. It is. Nick Bolton is a perennial, and I think he'll submit that this year of how well he plays, linebacker in the NFL. I think he's one of the top five linebackers in the NFL at 23. You don't say that. Willie Gay can do it all at two, three, you know, cover the slot, or he can come downhill. But the biggest thing, obviously, Drew Tranquil is why you guys uh top 10 in tackles in the NFL last year. Why? I was listening to a lot of the training camp interviews and all the post pressers. He's already calling out Patrick Mahomes' calls. Pat has said he's had to switch up what he is calling on the line because Drew is already picking it up and telling his defense what to do about this. He's wearing the green dot outside of Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton's been out for illness for the last two days. Who's picking it up? That's Drew Tranquil because he's got the brains. And he's going to be the guy that I think is going to watch a ton of film, going to be all over the field. And that's why he was so good with the Chargers last year because it's just he has the athletic ability, yes, but he also has that moxie of – coming downhill or slipping back or just just being one of those guys that you can rely on as a three in your linebacking core? Are you kidding me? And I, I really think Drew has a chance to be better than Willie this year alongside Nick Bolton to where there's a lot of things they can do with two linebackers, three linebackers, and interchange and do what you will with the lack of defensive tackle. I, I think it just gives Spags more room in this defense, and I'm really excited to see what Spags does with it because this uh, it's just an incredibly talented group, incredibly and, talented. And the thing that's great about Willie is that you just know that he's such a freak athlete that he's going right. to make an incredible play. Right. If you don't know when that's coming, that is frightening as an offense because Absolutely. it's up there and it's lurking the entire game. Willie is one step away from – jumping over an offensive lineman and stripping the quarterback or like flipping upside down and turning around and catching the ball with his feet or something crazy. Like the dude's just an animal in, a, in the best way possible. And he has a nose for the football and he wants it. He might miss, he might miss a route or something, but he's going a thousand miles an hour. I can tell you that. Yeah. right. Now. And that's the mindset you want from a linebacker with a little bit of an edge to you. Yeah. Fulton, Drew Tranquil, even Leo, the more cerebral guys, it can cover up a guy that you just say, hey, there's the ball. Go get it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we have a question here on the Google Doc. Where does Tranquil fit in? I think wherever the hell he wants to, Chandler, Johnny. I, I really think he can go wherever, do whatever. And we are we have not had a linebacker like him since really Willie Gay. I mean, they're kind of mirror. I see those guys as similar. And you put Nick Bolton in the middle and let those two go do their thing on the edge. It's a, it's a, it's going to be a fucking blast to watch. This defense might be better than the offense just because of this group. I, I am so excited. I am so excited. Top 10 unit. I'm, I'm planting it. This linebacking core has my, I mean, I, I it's the best I've ever seen. Best I've ever seen. And Chandler was like and saying the, earlier. And the, 
No, Blaine, you're good. Finish it up. You're no, good. I'm just going to say in the Chiefs, not best I've ever seen in the NFL, obviously. <laughs> but for the Chiefs organization, right. I've never seen anybody. For them. Chandler was saying earlier that he was like, oh, I hate to bring up Chris Jones again. I'll fucking do it too. I completely agree with everything you guys have been saying. Like, the way that Drew Tranquil can play wherever the hell he wants – the way Willie Gay is most successful, the way Leo Chanel has meaningful snaps, is if Chris Jones is at the center of the of the defensive line, it lets everybody interchange. He is he is so important to this defense because on every single phase, he uh, level, excuse me, every single level of the defense. Chris allows there to be interchangeable players and in, in positions. If Chris is at three technique, they can shake up the, the, the alignments on the defensive line. If Chris is doing that, it lets them do fun stuff at linebacker and in the secondary. It's the, the, there is only one other comparable defensive player in this league in terms of uh, defensive lineman in this league in terms of overall defensive versatility and it's Aaron Donald Chris is in the same conversation as Aaron Donald now you know before in Chris's career it was always viewed Aaron Donald is in a league of his own Chris Jones is leading the other league Chris is now gone over that gap and is in the same discussion with um, Aaron Donald and those guys are completely separated from the the Jeffrey Simmonses and the Quinn Williams blank. And the the last thing with that too, as I'm looking at this roster, guys, Frank Clark was not good last year. No, nah, maybe nah. maybe maybe we got better with Omenahue coming in here and being an edge, and with Karloftis in year two. Like we're down on the defensive line, but. Hindsight 2020, last year was pretty bad. <laughs> we were pretty bad up front. Maybe we got better. We don't know yet, but I, I, I truly think that's a possibility. It has to have Chris, and to bring it you know, back to the linebacker position, like Chris being there lets this linebacker room blossom into everything that we're gushing about right now. Right, this right. linebacker room is – it's just going to be so much fun. And with Chris on a new contract, it'll be even more fun. So um, I, I, I don't, I'll, again, uh, I think when I was putting together my thoughts for this, I thought I'd have a little bit more differentiation on who you guys think is going to make the 53. I don't think one of these guys sneaks on and they have a fifth. I think of course, practice squad guys, but I don't think a Jack Cochran or a Cole Christensen, uh, whoever they may be make, it onto the roster. I think I think, I think four is good, guys. Do you agree? Yeah, four. Yeah, pretty clear. Yeah, we'll go pretty clear. We'll go with four. Any final thoughts, uh, Chandler? Anything else you want to say about linebackers? Blaine and I said a lot. No, I loved it. I absolutely love it. I want guys that are out there that know the defense and can get guys lined up. I think that the the ability, the the transformation of this Chiefs defense, and it this is a great segue into the secondary. The ability for all three levels to be on the same page throughout 98% of the game, I'd say, 99% of the game, is such a drastic difference than even back to the 13-second game against Buffalo. Right. Just guys were not arranged 
at all. And I think finally we have cerebral at every single level. It's just beautiful. And perhaps our smartest football players outside of Patrick Mahomes and maybe Travis Kelsey and maybe some old linemen are on the defensive side of the football. That's a great thing. Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe you just brought up that Bills game. You are going to – there was – when Gabe Davis scored at the end, guys, do you remember the secondary that was on the field? Fucking Dan Sorensen, Armani Watts, DeAndre – what was his name? Baker. And stop, stop. Just, Mike, just Mike Hughes. I mean, we had some jokesters out out there who let Gabe Davis get four touchdowns. We still won the game, though. Because Josh um, Allen sucks! <laughs> literally not good. He's never won a meaningful game in his life. Literally in his <laughs> life. Not in high school, not in college, not in the pros. Ever! And he's on Madden! Yeah. Well, Chiefs are going to beat their ass this year. Anyways, Let's go over into the secondary and finish this thing off. Guys, should I just tell me here, do I should I break this up into corner and DB and then we'll finish with safety? I think that's probably the best way to do it. So we'll we'll yep. loop the cuz the Chiefs have a, a few guys that are listed as just DB and not corner. So we'll we'll loop those two together and then we'll finish with safety. So here's who they've got at, at those positions. Um, there's 12 names, so I'll just rattle through these. At corner, Trent McDuffie. Let's really focus on him, guys. He's going to be absolutely sick. Legereus Sneed, final year of his contract. Last week we touched on Legereus Sneed. No new updates yet, but I think LJ is awesome. Young guys, right? Josh Williams, Jalen Watson. Josh Williams has a new number. I think it's like two or something like that or six. No, Brian Cook's six. Yeah, Brian Cook's six. So it's two for Josh Williams. Yeah. Kind of weird. Um, Nick Jones. I put Blaine Wheeler on here. We'll talk about Nick Jones a little bit. By the way, he's bigger than I thought. Yeah. I don't know why. I thought he's a big guy. Yep. Um, okay, and here's where it gets so annoying. This bit, I'm almost getting sick of this bit, but it's not a bit. It's true. Who is Kalef Halisi? I just put nice try because I knew I'd butcher that. Uh, Lamar Jackson? Ah, hey, Lamar Jackson uh, is on the Chiefs. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chandler, if you would please refer to cornerback section number eight. It's a K-State player, and I you're going to have to pronounce this name because I'm not going to do it. Yeah, it's Echo Boyedo, and actually a really savvy corner for K-State over his career. Um this is per Cam Collins, and I tend to agree um, that there's somebody that knows K-State football. It's him. Top corner for the Cats on a good defense last year outside of Julius Brents, who yeah. went in the second round to Indy. So another potential guy that could be a steal, a very quick, could be a slot type of corner, aggressive tackles really well, guys. I'm telling you, Equo Boyedo. I think I pronounced his first name the one way the first, one way the second. It's going to be like that all year. But, man, I'm telling you, this could be a steal. And oh I hope God. I hope that you have to pronounce his name in the future because I'm telling you guys, well, breaking down these things, Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson had a big piece in last year. But Nick Jones and Echo, 
Equal could be just as good. They literally could be just as good. And I'm I'm excited to see what you guys think of what you saw out of those two and Williams and Watson last year. But there's competition, and there's going to be competition, Johnny. We can just run through these last few names. I mean, that was just so ridiculous. The guys, I can just hear drunk, like, freaking Hicks from St. Joe right now, like at a Chiefs game, being like, you know, oh, my, my neighbor gave me their preseason tickets. There's some some bitch out there named Ecow. And then all of a sudden, he went to K-State. <laughs> like, no, I can just see it right now. Like, it's it's just – it's enough already with some of these guys. Reese Taylor, no idea who that is. And then there's three guys listed at DB. Dion Bush, who, of course, the Chiefs brought in um, kind of play, to play the Armani Watts role. Not entirely sure he makes the roster. There are some guys that the Chiefs have that play special teams that are younger than Dion Bush, so we'll see. Uh, Chamari Connor is a rookie the Chiefs got. Really versatile, versatile um, defensive back, a guy that they're just going to have all over the secondary. Young, raw, definitely need to get him in the building with Spags. Of course, the Spags system is a pretty complex one. And then the last guy is DiCaprio Boodle, one of the most ridiculous names I've ever heard in my entire life. But respect and shout out to Decap uh, because he gets tattooed by the same guy as me. So, and my tattoo guy calls him Decap. So he at least has a good taste when it comes to permanent scars that you put on your body. Shout out Decap. All right, guys. So, you know, I have some notes here. Blaine played secondary for the. Oh, well-respected Higginsville Hilltoppers. So let's just go ahead and go to Blaine Wheeler. Here. Oscars, good God. Come on. No, no, no. Uh, it's no. the Hilltoppers. St. Pius X. I'm going to mess y'all shit up. Yeah. Johnny and I were rivals in high school. He went to private school. I went to like a small town, middle of Missouri, nowhere. And we hated the private school's backstory. Go but, Hilltoppers. <laughs> but I corner, secondary, my favorite position on the football field by far. Not even close. And what I've heard about Nick Jones is obviously I want to spend time on some of these young guys because we know what Trent's going to do. We know what Legeris is going to do. We saw what we got out of Williams and Watson. But what are we going to get out of Jones or Boye Doe? Like, that's a real question. And my mind goes to, guys, I think we drafted better this year with Jones and Boye Doe than we did last year with Williams and Watson. Nick Jones came to this scene at the East-West game, and I, I talked about the East-West game in the in the offensive podcast just due to Nico, and uh, Nick Jones got his only interception in that game on a on a target where Nico was um, the intended receiver, but he came to shine, dominated on 1v1 drills in the combine, dominated during that uh, East-West game, and the coaches on the defense said that he was the most improver from day one to the end of that game of any player on the defensive side that they saw. So we got that tab, and whenever that happens, the the guy's got to have something. Ball State, not a lot of people saw his film. No one really cares. And the Chiefs, they make a living off shit like that. And if you get a guy that's, what is he? I think he's like 6'2", long arms. I have a hard problem saying that he's not going to give Williams and Watson a run for his money. And Chandler, you you know Boye Doe better than I do, so I don't have a lot to say about him, but... Those two in that competition in the room, I have a hard time saying that Williams and Watson's going to be the corner outside of Big Duffy. I just, I think it'll take some weeks to see if Jones or, you know, Boyado can beat them out. There's competition throughout this offseason. 
Yeah, I mean, I think on. I mean, now I want to tamper expectations for Boye Doe. I mean, I think he might be like a last day make or cut guy. I mean, it's I fine. think he has an uphill battle. But if you look at our list here, I would put him at six right now, just based off talent that I've observed with my own eyes. So, like, and we, and this is kind of maybe like the tight end room almost for the defensive side of the football in terms of depth. Like, there are some guys all the way up and down this roster, or just in this section of the roster that can make the 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 53 man and Johnny made a great point about the DB section Dion Bush, Chamari and Decap. These guys have chances to make the roster too based on special teams play based on just good reps defensively. So the 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 competition is great and one of the most important positions in the AFC in terms of defense because you've got to have to stop a lot of high powered offenses, aren't you? The offensive firepower just in the league is insane. And corner with the rules is a position that just gets harder and harder every year. And it's just, it makes it more impressive to me that the Chiefs are able to find some of these guys. We bring it up a lot, but it has to be brought up. What kind of players the Chiefs are getting on day three and beyond to help this secondary? Charvarius Ward was an undrafted guy that they traded for. Sneed, fourth rounder. Fenton, a sixth rounder. Josh Williams was a fourth rounder. Jalen Watson was a seventh rounder, right? Like, uh, Chamari Connor was a fourth or fifth, right, guys? Like, he was a day yeah. three guy. So, Nick Jones, you know, seventh rounder. Yeah. Nick Jones, seventh rounder. Like, they, they, they do a good job with this thing. And so I was, you know, I, I am mostly uh, joking. Well, no, I am mostly serious when it comes to this guy from K-State. Like, I don't expect him to contribute. But I, I should uh, be a little bit better about that because the Chiefs have proven that they are maximizing value and actually doing a good job of finding players to contribute uh, day three or, or, or undrafted. And so I just think that it is really exciting the direction this room is going. Of course, Spagnola has always been a defensive back whisperer, um, and his system works when everybody understands it. We'll get into it later with safety, but it really helps having safeties who are vocal, know what they're doing, and can get guys lined up and orchestrated. If the linebackers and the defensive line, if it's all working, it can work really well, and we've seen uh, when it does that. One more thing I want to say, too, I, I put this in the notes here. How not a single player that I've said – um in in the cornerback room is on their second contract like it's just crazy like these guys are young the word that comes to mind is youth and it's not you know uh, Sneed of course is up for contract but McDuffie Williams Watson Nick Jones like these guys are going to be they have a lot of club control going forward and so it's all about taking the steps every day in in the right direction Blaine yeah, no, it's something I wanted to point out here was that because when you look at the Eagles, you got two 30-year-olds at corner, Darius Slay, obviously, and I mean, they're they're really good, but that's not how you win the NFL, and it's proven. It, Jalen Ramsey went down with a knee injury today. He's 28. You get, get these guys in the way that the Veach has scheduled this out and clearly has made this a point of how he wants to maneuver this roster I think is beautiful. And I, I really think, and I want to take a second about Nick Jones, is I really think he has an ability to be a starter after week eight in this team. I, I have a high level of trust in what I've seen out of Nick Jones in the East and West game. And I think he's, 
It's just going to continue to prove itself throughout the next few years. Okay. I'd like to just push back a smidge because this, that's fine. This east west bit has been a lot tonight. That's fine. That's all I'm going to say. Where, where so, the fuck do you think they got Joshua Williams or Jalen Watson from? I don't know. Exactly. So why not Nick Jones? Why not? If he's better, he's better. And sure. that, that's, that's the whole point about this whole room is that's where they make their living. So you might as well continue to believe in it. And I'm going to believe in it because I've seen what people have said about Nick Jones. They had him as a day three grade. He should have been way earlier drafted than he was comparative to some of the grades that people had. And no. he slept and the Chiefs got him because he shined. I and agree. I agree. I, I, with with Nick, I first off another highlight. Shout out Blaine for the plug on that. Great highlight, guys. He is mossing people on the defensive side of the ball um, in his highlight tape. I, I was going to, uh, thinking about pushing back a little bit. This is what makes Blaine's contribution to this podcast so so awesome. Is that he's he's right. Like the Nick Jones is a guy that we should have high expectations for and we should throw aside his draft capital. Like that makes sense. Right. And if you look, there's some other guys that Blaine's is taking stands on Daenerys Prince. Like we've been over him on the last podcast, Richie James was a seventh round pick. So I, I was thinking about kind of giggling or making a joke there, but I, I didn't because I, I'm, I trust, I just trust Blaine here. Right, I pushed back on the Richie and Sky Moore thing earlier, but I'm with him now that he brought up Tenerik Prince. I'm with him now on the Nick Jones thing. I wasn't really with you on the Colin Saunders thing. Maybe don't get one of the jerseys for these guys just yet. I know you, uh-huh. you have to you have to you have to replace the Colin one. It's in my trunk and it's done. So yeah, you're it's right. Done. I probably shouldn't. Oh, okay. Here's one thing that I will say. This goes back to the offense, but uh, one one I'm big on the Sky Moore train. One thing I will say, his number is – it might be the worst number in, in the entire league. As a wide receiver right. being number 24, that's really bad. Okay, guys, any more uh, – oh, no, no, we do we, we, we do need to talk about Trent. We do need to talk about Trent McDuffie. Right. Um, I think this guy, he was injured a little bit last year, um, and if you listen to him talk, he, he had never really been injured in his whole career. I think he goes into the cerebral level of this defense – I think he's a really good athlete who's always around the ball. Um, and Mahomes has already talked about Trent. I think this guy is on a very, very fast track to being like a true, well-respected lockdown corner one. Um, and he changed his number this year from 21 to 22. Now that Thornhill's gone. Um, and I think Trent is sick. What do you guys think? Yeah, Trent's awesome, dude. And I think he, again, had – I think he's so underrated. He's never talked about in the national media, ever. And he was a sick rookie. And, oh, by the way, he missed the first four weeks of the season, correct? More than that, yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah plenty he more. Played, I thought it was he like played the first game, and he came up and smacked a receiver, and he had a concussion in the preseason, I think, right? Am I getting my story correct there? So he was out. He didn't even play a full season, and he's right. still one of the best corners in the game, I'd say, right now, after a year. Absolutely. I, had argument, I had this argument with a couple of coworkers today, and I was like, guys, 
uh, we, we weren't talking about Trimmy Dove. We were talking about Sauce Gardner. And I was like, Sauce Gardner right now is the best corner in football. And they just did not believe me at all. And whether or not that's true, there's an argument for it. And their biggest argument was you can't judge it off the rookie year. Oh, so, yeah, you can. You as can. A defensive yeah, you back, can. You sure can. Yeah. Because – it doesn't change. You're going to have to guard the best receivers year in and year out. You're either going to get better or you're going to get worse. And I think he's only going to get better because he was so freaking good last year. That's like saying sauce isn't going to be good this year. Completely agree, Chandler. And that's my point about the Eagles and like the two 30-year-olds. Old guys don't make it at the corner position. Young guys do. And if you show what Trent McDuffie did last year and you go in the division, Asante Samuel Jr., Amazing. Why? Patrick Sertan. Amazing. Why? They're young. They're quick. They're smart. They got it. And Trent is a sitting duck in this division. He's going to have a lot of tests throughout a ton of great wide receivers in the NFL and especially in our division. And he's going to plan himself as one of the best. And Chandler, you're completely right. I think but he's going to be that sophomore slump. No. Sophomore shine. Absolutely. And the best thing about this defense is, guys, is that we spent all this time talking about who – is going to make the team Trey McDuffie, and you say he's going to have a lot of targets thrown his way, but are you sure? Because you no. got Lajarius on the other side too. So he's going to have to go one way or the other, and it's not going to be easy for either side. And then you yeah. got ja- you got J- Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams, guys who proved it last year. Yep. I mean, it's deep back there, guys. It's deep. Yep. I mean, there were times last year multiple times towards the end of the season in the playoffs where you just forgot that Trent was out there because he was just locking people down. Yep. Um, If there's one thing you want to see better from Trent, he dropped like three surefire interceptions last year. Um, And he's, he even brought that up already in his media availability. So you'd really hope that, I mean, he's going to, pick off some passes he's a first round pick he's freaking awesome so okay well i think that's everything for the cornerback position and db position there let's finish it out with uh the safety position which pretty exciting too there's a lot of buzz around this position uh they've got six guys right now that are safeties justin reed brian cook mike edwards who they brought in from tampa nazi johnson who they really like nazi johnson um, and then two guys, Isaiah Norman and Anthony Cook. You guys don't need to hear me. Who the fuck are these guys? You know, uh, Justin Reed, though, is somebody I wanted to focus on first. He had media availability in training camp. He's been tweeting some this offseason. He feels disrespected based off of his Madden rating. He thinks that the tape doesn't lie. He is also a very uh, cerebral player, plays a bunch of chess in his downtime, which I think is sick, which I think is chess. And uh, he also apparently busted his ass in the weight room and on the cardio this offseason. Justin Reed said he's at 217 pounds, 5% body fat, and he said he put on 10 pounds of muscle this offseason. I mean, that's like a creative player. And this guy is 25 years old or something like that. Um prime of his career chiefs absolutely love him uh emergency kicker and a guy who as the season went on last year there were some times that we were asking more from justin reed i think he finished the year on a great note um and i you know like chandler says sky's the limit for this guy and i think justin reed could have a really good season chandler 
when you really think about it, dude, it is literally crazy that he kicked in an NFL game. Yeah. The, it, the like first he game. Actually, it was a joke in the offseason. Kind. It was like, okay. No, like, it was. Yeah, it was. Like, you know, he can kick pretty well. No, he kicked in week one of the NFL season. It's insane. I think that kind of speaks to his ability to not only understand the game from that perspective, but just the athlete that he is. Like, it, it really comes into play. And when you lose, when you're a 5% body fat, your athleticism is only going to be better. I right. To reiterate, Johnny, the sky's the limit for him. And he plays the game with his mind first and his body second. That's huge for a safety. And they're an underrated. Everybody talks about the green dot. Justin Reed... Bolton has the play. He knows what the play is going to be. He knows how to 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 morph his defense to what he thinks the play is going to be. But Justin Reed's got to get everybody lined up correctly and line up and spacing with defense and taking one guy and making sure they're guarding two is huge. And the safety plays a huge part in that, guys. Yeah, and then last year we didn't we didn't get a lot of buzz on Justin Reed because, well, I mean, he was there, but he didn't make a lot of splash plays. Like I truly comparing this to the you know, former Chiefs teams with Tyron Matthew and Eric Berry. Obviously, you can't replace Eric Berry. But I think Justin Reed this year has just a chance to submit himself as, well, you know, maybe he is better than Tyron. That's getting old. Or maybe he can be that next guy in Kansas City at the safety position that can come downhill, make some crazy plays, smack some people in the mouth. And overall, this whole group, we talked about this last year with bringing Brian Cook in and how physical he was at Cincinnati. This is a physical group, and that's what you want at safety with ball hawks. Yeah. That is, I mean, there's a lot to still be seen with Brian Cook throughout the next few weeks, but I really like what we got going on with those two. I really do. I love the Mike Edwards signing, by the way. I think that's one of the most underrated signings the Chiefs made this offseason. And I'm really, quite frankly, I'm um, being a bit of a hypocrite right now because I forgot that we signed him. I really did. And I think what better way for Brian Cook to have the talent to be a starter in the league to then have two savvy veterans be his mentors, especially in Nazi Johnson, too. I mean, they're learning from really, really good veterans and veterans who have been around the league and I would, I think now two Super Bowl champion safeties. I believe Mike Edwards is a champion with the Bucks, beat the Chiefs. So he's been there, done that, guys, and that can only drive the position room. It's insane how many times we've said stuff like that throughout these two episodes. The depth and the knowledge on this roster, paired with the coaching staff, guys, it's intoxicating. It's the best drug in the world. Yeah, and, go ahead. No, I think, too, Chamari Connors, we talked about him as a DB, but he's safety at Vatek. Like, I think he has an ability to become kind of that second of, of Mike Edwards. Like, Mike Edwards and Chamari are pretty similar, a little bit smaller safeties. Brian Cook, Justin Reed are those more physical, big safeties. So you get that mix of those four, That, that, that I, like we said about the linebacker group or with this group. There's going to be a lot of things that Spag can do because of the depth throughout this whole defense that I'm so excited for. And yeah, no, absolutely, Chandler. Absolutely. I, I think Mike and Justin are a good, solid core. And then you just plug in whoever and let them go. Let them go. There isn't a player that in one, it's been one week, but 
there is not a player that I have heard more buzz that I didn't think was going to be there or, you know, wasn't expecting than the buzz around Brian Cook. Um, people are talking about how vocal he is out there, how athletic he looks, how well he knows the playbook. And as a guy who's in his second year, I mean, he was, that's the guy he was at Cincinnati. So for him to already have this kind of confidence um, to do that out, uh, out for this Spags defense, I, I think is just awesome. And so um, I, I, I remember just being in love with his tape and hopefully we start seeing a lot more of that guy um, this season. And so like, I, I just, can I get quick, go Jen, yeah. to, to get a little negative. Um, I would say on paper, a very concerning uh, weakness for the safety is potentially the ability to defend tight ends. Um, they are very often one-on-one now in a Spags defense. They're not asked as much to do it, but I'm telling you right now, it's going to be over the middle where the safety's got to fly around and make a play. And can they do that? I think they can. I have not seen it necessarily. Justin Reed, I don't believe, was asked to do that very often last year. Willie Gay could cover some of that up. Drew Tranquil can cover some of that up. But they're going to be asked to do it at some time. For sure, they're going to be asked to do it at some time. And, and, And frankly... Two, Spags loves blitzing from the secondary, and when they blitz from the secondary, it's typically your safeties they got to pick up the slack. That's a big ask for a young, oh. young safety. And Chandler, great point. And I think it all rides on Brian Cook. I really think it all rides on him. He has a such a massive piece in this defense to where he's going to be plugged down in that, you know, pressing a tight end or coming on a blitz or what. He's going to be used around because we've seen Justin Reed last year being the kind of that safety valve playing yeah. deep and. Brian yeah. Cook is huge for the Kansas City Chiefs 2023. Huge. Uh, that was such a great way to finish this podcast out. Now I'm just thinking about Legarius when he blitzes. Yeah. And it, it, it's just this team is so exciting, and every year is exciting. But coming off of a Super Bowl with this much excitement just in camp, I am – you know, let's finish this way. All right, let's do – Let's do two two players that you are really excited to watch in the preseason, and then maybe one player or one area where you are concerned. Okay? So if it makes it easy while you guys think, since I just kind of sprung this on you, I can start. I'm really excited to watch Rasheed Rice. I'm really excited to watch Leo Chanel. And I am uh, concerned about the defensive line overall. If they fix Chris Jones, then and, and look like like I said, he's on the roster. But if he's playing his final year with no extension, he's going to be pissed off. Probably is going to be sitting out, you know, not wanting to get hurt, waiting for the next con next big contract. So yeah, Rasheed Rice is somebody that we talked about a little bit and I'm really pumped for him guys. So whoever wants to go, let me just hear what you got real quick. Um, Blaine, you go ahead. Yeah. I, I think mine are pretty obvious. I think through my excitement that you've seen through, if you follow me on Twitter or listen to the podcast, I think obviously generic Prince, I want to see you. I want to see you run through the tackles. I, I, I'm just waiting for it. And I think he's going to be great. Second is obviously Richie James. But in a back end, I think Rasheed Rice is is who I really want to get a feel yeah. for. How what can you truly do at the wide receiver room? 
with him or Richie or where or that whole room, I think, could be my second point of excited. Now, the last thing that I'm, I, you know, I kind of want to see more of is, you know, you're not going to get a ton of time in the in the preseason, but George has to be good this year, guys. And yeah. if he's not good early in the preseason, I have worry. If he is as good as we think with him going to Tomaha Lee this offseason and doing a lot of things that he's talked about, you have to be that number one, number two guy to get at least five, six, seven sacks this year. And we need to see it out of him. And I need to see a lot out of George fast. And I'll wrap it up well, and I'll take the typical Blaine stance, and I'm going to go secondary, guys. Two guys I'm really looking forward to watching. Um, I'll take I'll take Nick Jones. I love his highlight tape. I love the body. I would say his body comp is sauce. Tall, lengthy, physical guy. I like the way he comes down hills and wants to hit somebody. That's kind of been the growing theme of how we're drafting corners, guys who can cover and are not afraid to tackle, because I think Spags asks our secondary to do a lot more tackling than we think. Number two, uh, Brian Cook, dude. It's your right. year, bro. Take yep. a step. It's yep. your it's your backfield now in terms of the defense. Like, the Chiefs are putting a lot of trust into you. I think you can do it, and you're going to do it. And then a guy that what's – what's the last category? Someplace you're concerned or – it could be one player. It could be a group. Just something that you are worried about right now. Huh. I mean, I'm trying to find one that you guys haven't said. I'll okay. I'll I'll get. I'll actually do what you guys haven't said. I'm a little worried about left tackle. I yeah. don't think that we put enough emphasis on how important that is, even with Mahomes' ability to scramble and utilize his legs. Will it be a drop-off from Orlando Brown? Because we know that Orlando Brown wasn't necessarily the greatest at all times. But what's this going to look like? Yeah. And there were some games where it wasn't good, and Mahomes was under duress. And so Donovan Smith, I got a lot of confidence in, but it doesn't work, and that's a tough, tough thing to do. You're going to have to bring it a lot tied in to chip a little bit. You're going to have to have a tight end block and pass pro. You're going to have to have your running backs be really sharp. We saw today that if they're not sharp, that it could lead to some pretty big plays on the opposing side of the football. So, Brian Cook, Nick Jones, let's go. Two guys really solid in our secondary concern, left tackle. I think it's there. I think it's there. But let's take that step, Donovan, and we'll do it together, brother. Cheers! unbelievable pod johnny great job hosting that wraps up the first week of camp um looking forward hall of fame game next thursday hard knocks around the corner saw a clip today from jets camp with garrett wilson and sauce going back and forth i think it's going to be a pretty pretty good hard knocks guys i'm really looking forward to that we're back next week next wednesday hopefully we record should be should be clear to go. Johnny had some internet upgrades, is what we heard in the pre-pod. So can't freaking wait for that. Boys, Blaine, Johnny, as always, appreciate it. And go Chiefs! Go Chiefs! Go Chiefs!